today's topic, leaping for joy. Can you recall the last time you felt an overwhelming sense of joy, like jumping for joy, or even leaping with excitement, like this dog? <laughs> Was it the day you became a father for the first time, Alex? <laughs> Perhaps on your wedding day too, Bimbi. <laughs> Or maybe when you land your dream job. Allow me to share a personal experience. Last year, I had a job interview for a position in a nursery. It was a cold, sunny morning. After the interview, while on the bus ride home, I received a phone call. They offered me the job. I still remember the overwhelming joy I felt at that moment. I was so excited that I felt the need to share this news with someone immediately. <laughs> at a uh, and at the next bus stop, an elderly gentleman sat next to me. I couldn't contain my excitement and asked, "Could you mind if I share some good news with you?" <laughs> He kindly smiled and awaited my story. And then I told him about my successful job interview. And he congratulated me warmly. Actually, when I look back, all of this is very old work to behave like this, isn't it? And soon after, at the next bus stop, our brother Stuart bought a bus, <laughs> and I shared the good news with him as well. So, two gentlemen they gave me con、uh, smiles and congratulations, added to my joy. And I eagerly look forward to start my new job. However, unforeseen issues arose, and I found myself waiting for six long months due to recruitment process delays. Eventually, to my deep disappointment, circumstances led to the realization that I couldn't proceed with the job. I just couldn't keep waiting, and I knew I needed to start my job-seeking journey again. I wrote an email to them to express my gratitude for giving me such a chance for the interview, and explained that I had decided to decline their conditional offer. My joy, not my job, my joy, doesn't last for long, and finally turned into a great disappointment. At times, the joy or excitement in the world proves to be fleeting, and sometimes even merely an illusion. When situations shift or the truth is unveiled, that joy disappears totally. In these seasons of event, during the third week of event, let's contemplate the theme of Christian joy together again, as we enter the Christmas season. Let us once again reflect on what brings us true and everlasting joy. In December, according to the church calendar, churches will progressively light one candle each week in Advent, commencing from the first week of December. The accumulation of this ritual occurs on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day when the central white candle is lit. 
The candle of joy for the third week of Advent, also recognized as a shepherd candle, symbolizes the joy from Jesus' arrival and the salvation he has bestowed upon us. In simpler terms, this week serves as a celebration of the joy brought by the Christ's presence on earth. Additionally, referred to as the shepherd candle, it emphasizes the joy experienced by the shepherds upon receiving the good news of Christ's birth. In the midst of the darkest hours of the night, the shepherds encountered angels. Christ's incarnation, that means he lived on the, on the earth in flesh and blood. He is not an illusion, but exists as flesh and blood. He brings us salvation and joy, performing numerous miracles, healing the sick, preaching the good news, and raising the dead to life. These acts are incredibly amazing and wonderful. People are amazed by his power and teachings, leading to a large crowd gathering and following Jesus. However, what if there are no miracles to be seen? Will we still celebrate? What are the reasons for Christian celebration? When we look at the narratives about the birth of Jesus, the angels gathered at night appearing to the shepherds and declaring that the Savior is born. The angels praise God just like the song we just sang saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. On the night Jesus was born, before Jesus could perform miracles, the angels already rejoiced and praised God. And today's scripture even reveals something more radical. It is a narrative about celebration before anyone could see the baby Jesus. However, depicting these scenes of celebration is very challenging and nearly impossible on the Christmas stage in church, as the casting is a bit tricky. Has anyone here ever played in a Christmas drama in church? <laughs> if so, which role did you play? A tree? <laughs> a ship? Oh, the baby Jesus? Mary! Oh, we have Mary here! <laughs> Great! Last week, a group of school kids from a local primary school nearby my workplace, the cafe, they came to the cafe in Famishin. We have a very big hall. They rehearsed for the Christmas drama. They have prepared lots of cute costumes, including the angels, the shepherd, and a big group of sheep. Now let's take a look at the scripture again and cast the rose together. Okay, now we have Mary here. <laughs> the little Mary. A beautiful Mary we have. In verse 39, it mentions the first character, Mary, a young virgin who is in a hurry to head to Judea. According to the version of the Message Bible, it says, Mary didn't waste a minute. She got up and traveled to a town in Judah in the hill country. Unlike a casual visiting or gathering, Mary is in a hurry 
because she desperately wants to meet Elizabeth. And for the reason, we need to go back to the last episode, chapter one, verse twenty-six to um, thirty-eight. Mention that angel was sent by God to tell Mary that she will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus, the Savior, the Son of the Highest. In this sense, Mary's emotions are so intense, given that something very unusual and supernatural has happened to her. She has experienced this extraordinary event on her own. And now she is overwhelmed and needs someone to share with. However, Mary doesn't behave like me. She is finding a stranger on the bus to share the news with, because this news is far from common. It's challenging for people to comprehend, isn't it? Imagine someone greets you on the street and asks, "How are you?" And you answer, "Oh, I met an angel." <laughs> And the angel told me that I will be pregnant before marriage. <laughs> Is it a unique situation that not many could easily grasp or understand? Mary needs someone who can understand her. Indeed, Mary herself couldn't understand except this news at first. Apparently, Elizabeth is a good choice, as when Mary had doubts, the angel told her. And did you know that your cousin Elizabeth conceived a son? Oh, as she is, everyone called her barren, and here she is, six months pregnant. Nothing you see is impossible with God. The life journey of Elizabeth is also unique and unusual, enable her to accompany Mary through her own journey. She pregnant in such an old age. It promised to reflect on our own life and spiritual journey. What experiences have shaped us so far, and how can this become testimonials to support our fellow brothers and sisters on their faith journey? In what ways can we encourage each other in our walks of faith? Could I be someone whom others urgently seek out in critical, critical moment? As the year comes to a close, let's take time to ponder our lives and spiritual journeys. We should recognize that God can use us to bring blessing to one another. It is crucial to create some special moments for meaningful dialogue, encouragement, and support among us. Now Mary arrived and met Elizabeth, and yet surprisingly, the first response, the first encouragement, comfort, and celebration is not from Elizabeth. Who else is with Elizabeth? Along, who else is with Elizabeth? Oh yeah, that is exactly same as my script. Is that her husband, Zachariah? The answer is no. The one responds strongly and passionately is the unborn baby John in Elizabeth's womb. Accurately, John is a six-month 
old fetus. I think some of our sister still collect some this kind of picture at home, right? <laughs> Verse 41 says, When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby lived in her room, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. The first thing the scripture capture is John lived in mother's womb. Then Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Indeed, at 24 weeks of pregnancy, the fetus is capable of reacting to various noises. I do lots of research for, for this information in the past two weeks. <laughs> Mothers, Please correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> the fetus is capable of reacting to various noises at 24 weeks, such as the heartbeat, air moving in and out of mommy's lungs, and even the sound of breath flowing inside the mom's body. Additionally, it can respond to mommy's voice or the noise nearby mommy's belly. But the scripture told us that the sound of Mary's greeting is not just some noise, it's a greeting. The living of John is not just a meaningless random movement, but an action with understanding. The verse 42 to 43 tell us that in a loud voice Elizabeth screamed, Blessed are you among women. And blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Indeed, from the aforementioned scripture, we can glean that Mary's greeting signifies the presence of Jesus Christ too. Following the angel's announcement and Mary's obedience to God's plan, she instantly became the mother of Jesus. In a sense, Jesus, the Son of God, was conceived by Mary through the work of Holy Spirit at that very moment. The arrival of Son of God was realized. Moreover, consider John, the fetus, whose size is equivalent to that of an eggplant. <laughs> that is John. Despite his early stage of development, he grabs the grace of God. Furthermore, the fulfillment of salvation was also underway at this extremely early stage, as Jesus had just been conceived by Mary. The unborn John met Jesus, who are just conceived. And John responds to the grace of God and the presence of Jesus, also the greeting of Mary. This sense is incredibly awe-inspiring, rendering me completely speechless. How can we stage this scene for the Christmas drama on the stage? Unborn John, filled with joy, lived with excitement, 
long before the angels made their announcement on Christmas night. He was the first to celebrate the arrival of Savior. This inspires me to reflect. Do I possess the faith and pure heart necessary to be touched and inspired by the Holy Spirit, enabling me to comprehend the words of God? Will I celebrate the fulfillment of God's promises and grace even in the very early stages, even when there are no apparent signs for us to see? What are we praying for or waiting on at this moment? Is it now the time for us to celebrate and rejoice? Perhaps the day for celebration should arrive much sooner than we assume. Perhaps the joy in our lives should be much greater than what we currently experience. What we currently experience. <laughs> I remember that during a time of a significant hardship in my life and in my family, I cried out to God a lot in tears and sought His help for months. Yes, during one afternoon prayer session, as I was praying, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, saying that now is the time to celebrate as the victory of God was almost here. The situation was about to change. I even saw a frying and smiling angel in my mind in the prayer. That was a very special experience for me. In that moment, I felt God pouring a huge faith and new strength into my soul. It's challenging to describe, but I believe that those who have experienced God, who have experienced this, can understand such feelings. At that moment, I understood that the day for celebration arrived much sooner than I expected. And in that afternoon, God turned my tears into dance. On the other hand, the scriptures reveal that the timing of God is just perfect. God sent an angel to tell Mary the news at the moment when Elizabeth reached her six months of pregnancy. It was the perfect timing for Mary to experience such a special comfort from John and Elizabeth. Despite responding to sound, a six-month-old fetus engages in movements that involve all the joints and the spine, promoting proper joint development. Additionally, strong rolling movements become more frequent. That's why John could respond to Mary's greeting with a lip in mother's womb. Maybe we should trust God's plan and timing more. Thirdly, for Mary, comfort and encouragement came in an unexpected manner, not only from Elizabeth, but from an unborn baby. This illustrates that God can inspire an unborn baby to comfort and inspire Mary, showcasing that anyone can be used by God. This sense is particularly radical in the context of Asian Roman. In the Asian Roman culture, 
were babies or children, toddlers who couldn't walk or talk were not considered human. However, the unborn John became an ambassador, providing Mary with confirmation that her conception was indeed special and unique. God granted Mary strength to undertake her unique mission. Maybe we can see our kids and baby with a very different perspective. We couldn't limit the way God used them. And let's pray for our children, our babies, our teenagers. Ask God to use their innocent words, smiling face, and pure and kind act to comfort a weary soul or anyone in need. Pray for our babies, kids, and teenagers that God may use them according to his divine plan. Maybe sometimes parents, you're worrying about your children, your baby, their health, their future, their studying. Pray more. Ask for the, a spirit-filled life. Pray for them. God has a divine plan in their life. Don't worry, but pray for them. Pray that God, Holy Spirit, please fill and touch their life. In conclusion, let us bear in mind that the joy from above is not an illusion. It arises sooner and more powerfully than we expect and rooted in the promises and faithfulness of God. As we conclude, let's earnestly seek God's mercy to grant us pure heart and unwavering faith, enabling us to rejoice in Him more fully. And let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Today, I would like to have some time for us to have some refreshing in prayer. As I mentioned in the sermon, what have you gone through so far in your life's journey? Maybe we can ask God to help us to realize how our spiritual journey can be used by God to bless someone. Let's pray for ourselves. Lord, please use our life and all experiences we we have gone through in this year. Turn them all into a blessing to bless our fellow brother and sister.
Secondly, pray for our babies, the kids and teenagers in our community. Parents, pray for your children. May God use them according to his divine plan, even they are in such a young age. God can use them. Let's pray together and ask Holy Spirit to fill and touch their life in such a young age. Dear God, thank you for the wonderful story of the encounter between Mary, Elizabeth, and John. We have learned valuable lessons from these narratives. And we recognize that there is much more for us to learn and be inspired by the Christmas narrative. Holy Spirit, we humbly ask for your guidance and teachings to deepen our understanding. Lord, we also pray that you teach us how to rejoice in accordance with your love and promises in our individual life situations. May our hearts to be open to receiving your wisdom and grace as we navigate our journeys. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <coughs>